You're listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind, episode number six. Welcome to Confessions of the Creative Kind. I'm your host, Jess Kovic, media producer by day, designer, photographer, and creative entrepreneur by later that day. Join me as I stumble through life as an artist, pick myself up, and confess everything that I've learned on the way down. Y'all ready for this? Let's do it. Hey guys, welcome back to my conversation with Adam Kovic about being self-taught. This is part two of a two-part series. If you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you pause right now and go listen to part one so you can catch the latter half of the conversation. If you have listened and you're enjoying the podcast, do me a favor and go leave a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and join the party. Forgive my voice, I'm a little sick right now. So I'm just going to let you get right back into the conversation. Without further ado, here is the rest of my chat with Adam Kovic on being self-taught. Please enjoy. So anyway, yeah, I had um, gone to college for a bit, two years, and then I had uh, from there actually got a job at an internship um, through that college. I was interning at G4. uh, In the winter, they had massive layoffs. G4 was a entertainment television network focused on gaming content at one point yeah i was there gaming and entertainment i was there at the transition when they because video games on tv guess what doesn't work which is not to say that there isn't a place for it ended up being the internet but they were trying to do timely video game content on television on channels that no one had access to and lo and behold they found out more people wanted to watch things like cops and cheaters and uh, Star Trek, the next generation. And it just sort of, their goal was we were just going to be spike TV, mm. but we're going to be, but a direction, like a, a bastardization of something that's already has its own identity. So now it's, it, it had no identity. didn't really have anything. And that the thing was like, I was attracted to G4 because it looked like they were just all having fun. Mm. It was like, Holy shit, this is a TV network. And these guys are just hanging out outside their office, making videos. That's what I want to do. They're just doing video game reviews like X play where they're just being funny. They're not being super tongue. They're not being super serious. Like, like web content wasn't even doing that. That was awesome. But then when I got there, the department I worked in, everyone had quit because of the layoffs is the talent department. I was interning. And so a, basically a PA level job opened up and, I just, I jumped at it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop going to college. Um, I'm not going to re-enroll and I'm going to just start working because this was my dream. This, this is what I was going to school for was so I could work at a place like this. And I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll transfer from, um, the talent department. I'll get myself into X play. I'll start writing reviews. I'll figure it out. And obviously that didn't happen because that's just not how it works there. If I had stayed, I probably could have moved to become a segment producer for attack of the show, which is the show that I mostly worked on. But it wasn't what I wanted to do. It's not, I, I, G4 was a very like soul sucking place. And a lot of people that were depressed, no one seemed happy. There were constantly different layoffs and people were oddly protective of their positions of like, that's everywhere. Yeah. And it, it just like, I just felt like there are some really cool, talented people here, but there's a lot of BS. And when you look behind the curtain, it's not as cool 
It's it was basically the exact story of when Bart got the job for Krusty the Clown. <laughs> it was. It was you are living a Simpsons episode. Pretty much. I mean, Simpsons has done everything, and it will continue to do everything for all of time. But like, you can relate every part of your life to a Simpsons episode. But mine very much fit in that realm. So. Around this time, you were thinking about enrolling, and you did enroll in LA Film School. That's well. So that's what happened. Was my boss at the time was saying, "Hey, so like, do you want to continue at this place? How are you feeling?" And it's like I told him, "No." I'm like, my heart's in video games. Um, that's what I enjoy doing. Actually, through that, Tina Wood um, was a person who had worked at G4. She was a host. Her show got canceled and she went literally across the street to a place called channel m but yeah across the street from g4 was a small little building a place called channel m and they produce in-store content for eb games and i think movie theaters and stuff like that but eb games was their big one the video game conglomerate which would later go on to become GameStop. tina went across the street and her he her myself and my boss would carpool from santa clarita where i lived to the office in Santa Monica. So I got to know Tina and she was always very nice to me. Um, we had a friendship and we would always talk about video games and she was just very receptive and like, just very cool that way. Um, so when she got let go and she was producing content over there, they said, well, we need someone to do game capture. And she immediately recommended me and it was awesome. Cause it was a hundred bucks a day to just record gameplay. And this is around the time Xbox 360 was come out. The Wii was coming out. So I got to like PlayStation three, like I got my hands on all these new consoles doing game capture and editing, like, like putting it ready for an editor to put together and assemble. And I was like, this is great. This is more of what I'm looking for. So I was working there and through them, they um, got an email from another company down the street called machinima which is this new startup and they were looking for producers to create content. So I'm freelancing at two places now, uh, kind of near each other. But it was around that time I started thinking, okay, well, what am I doing with my life? What do I want to do? And I'm like, well, I want to work in film or want to create content in some way. So I need to go to film school. That's just what I need to do. And so I enrolled at LA film school, which would have been $100,000 for one year. Ooh. Yeah. I can't whistle if so I would have whistled. Yeah. I wouldn't whistle into the mic, but uh, either way, it was, it seemed like something I wanted to do. And it was like, I get it done in a year. And before I know it, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll pay that loan off in no time. Mm. The day I was supposed to start when I was enrolled, uh, I backed out at the last minute and I called Machinima and said, Hey, I'll come work full time. I'm going to, I'm going to skip film school and I'm just going to, I'm just going to make this place the G4 that never existed. The thing I had in my mind. I will admit, I confess, we were together at that time. And when you were a day before about to start that program and called me and said you were going to back out and not do it, I thought you were crazy. I thought, what are you doing? I thought you were, how can you back out right before? What, it, why don't you follow through? It didn't feel I right. didn't understand <laughs> what you understood. It didn't feel right. Um, and I've also, I've always been very careful with money all my life. Um, and I've always been a big believer in saving and not being in debt. And I could just see myself, I mean, I would probably still be paying that off today had I, probably had I done that. Um, maybe the idea is that 
you work really hard in this program and then you go on and get some great job. If the problem is almost anyone can apply and join it. So for me, that's a kind of a scam. If I'm not mistaken at the time, they didn't offer any accreditation. So you didn't get any degree. You just got a certificate saying that you graduated. I sure. think that's different now. I, I could be corrected, which but... ironically today having a degree pretty much doesn't mean anything. I think there's there's programs you can go through, and I, I know people and friends of friends who have gone through certain programs that are very elite, and one of those people is an executive at a big Disney subsidiary, so pretty pretty big deal. I but, would say now, I think you made the right decision. I that, would hope so. <laughs> well, you did because you yeah. made it, but I do think that your inti- intuition was correct. I was saying that coming from a mindset personally and a background of going through traditional school, as I mentioned before. So to me, I couldn't understand that. And personally, I think that that's that's okay. Not everybody is going to be able to learn and grow in that way. And some people are. Some people are going to do better in a structured school form. And some people are going to be able to seek out the information that they want and the skill set that they want. And I think neither are wrong. I don't I don't know where you stand on that. I there is there's is no right and there's no wrong answer. It is ultimately what what works for you. And that is something I, I always try to tell people. And I don't begrudge anyone for going to school. I always say like go to school to figure out what you don't want to do. I mean, I went to school. I have a degree, a BA in graphic design. However, I went to a private school, like a, it's similar to a trade school where their main focus was your program, your creative program, graphic design, film, photography, whatever it was. Mine was graphic design. Their most important um, thing that they wanted to bestow upon whoever's going through this program was to get the technical skills. And that's what attracted me. I didn't want to go to a university that was all about dorm rooms and football and not that there's anything wrong with that it just wasn't for me I wanted to go and learn a craft I did get um, general education I took English courses and got my official degree but I wanted to learn the thing that I was going to do to go make money that Mm -hmm. was my MO and you know people fall on different sides of the spectrum where they college can be more of a social experience and that's fine for me I, I wanted to learn the thing that was that was my issue with college and that comes from the fact that I'm uh, whichever side of the brain is more creative where I'm not very adept to science and math. Those are not my things. I very much like reading. I like writing and I like creation. Those are my, those are my strengths. And so college was tough for me because what I thought college was as a young man was, this is a place where you go to get really good at that one thing you're going to do for the rest of your life. Instead, it was, it's high school 2.0. You are now going to retake all the classes you took uh, in two years instead of four because why? I don't know. I don't know why I need to take another English and history class when my goal is to get into film. That And that's what sort of made something like LA Film School so attractive because, oh, this is what I, I know what I want to do. And I'm going to focus on that. Unfortunately, it feels like a place where they just take advantage of people like me, where they go, yeah, well, come on down. And 
you're putting a lot of faith in those people and giving them a lot of money to give you the education you think you're going to get. But I can't speak for LA film school or a lot. I think that probably is true for a lot of organizations trying to take people's money and not letting, not giving them people the education and the skill set to go out and find a job. I do think that with any program and anything you invest in education or training, you have to do the work. You can't you, just go and you, show up and yes. say, I went to this school. Why don't I have a, a six figure job? You get what you put in. I sure. definitely agree with that. And I, I got very fortunate where I was at a time where you could start to build your own resume and build your own skill sets. I, I'm very much aware that I lucked the fuck out in a lot of ways. I was at the right place at the right time. And thankfully I didn't make too many enemies. Mm. Uh, I, it's one of those things I always tell people and it's such a cliche, but connections are so important and not so much that, you know, the top dog at this place, or, you know, that's like, just be nice and be available. I can tell you right now, the interns and other workers that have gone on to either get jobs or move on to something were the ones that we always said really nice things about. Um, and not, they didn't necessarily get a job where, you know, at Funhouse or, uh, some of them actually got a job at Rooster Teeth. One of them went to Achievement Hunter, but then like there, one of them recently went to go work with, uh, our friend Kevin Pereira, where like all they, they basically asked us, Hey, this guy says he used to work for you. And we said, that guy was great. Please hire them. They're fantastic. We don't have any headcount right now, but referrals are pretty much the only way to get a job these well yeah that's a broad statement but it's it's a strong assumption versus applying to things online into a black hole and knowing someone that can actually vouch for you i tried to get an internship at g4 the first time i was denied the second time i got it was only because the guy who was in charge of it or whatever or who had it sent to him was because I lived in the same town as him and he needed a carpool buddy. It like, wasn't for my skill set. It wasn't for my good looks. Way to go, being from Santa Clarita. <laughs> you nailed it. You really knew what to do. The, one of the first things he asked was, oh, you live in, you live in Santa Clarita. Oh, okay. you, do you drive? Uh, yeah, I was like, perfect. I'm tired of sitting in traffic. I want a carpool buddy. I went, uh, oh. That's all you got to do. That's all I needed to do. Find a carpool buddy. That's all it was. But it was from that carpool buddy that that's how I met Tina mm. and Tina recommended me from there. And it was like, it, you could really look at it, but it, every time I look back at it, it was a series of work hard, be nice to people and be available. That was always thing. Obviously don't let people take advantage of you. Like know your worth, but those early years, it was so important to just say yes and do the work and not complain. I want to talk about the intuition that you spoke of with editing and in your creative background. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what you mean by intuition? And cause I think this goes a little bit into design theory, which is something that I was taught through school. Mm -hmm. Not only was I taught Adobe programs like illustrator and and, um, Photoshop and InDesign actually how to use the programs and the tools we were also taught design theory, composition, color theory, mm-hmm. how to make things that sell in various formats. So because I know you, 
I feel like you have a strong design sensibility in theory, and I know that you didn't have classes like that. No, I, I, I strongly believe that's that's something that is almost impossible to teach. It's impossible to teach. No. A f- to a degree. No. I think you can develop it, but it is sort of one of those it's – a, it's a natural talent that I think you can have or you can totally miss. I think technical editing is something you can easily teach. I think you can teach someone a program, but I've seen it countless times where people will watch a bad edit. There'll be a flash frame. There'll be something out of sync. There'll be something. And it's like, those things make me cringe. And like when I watch an edit, I watch it 10,000 times over and over and over. And there's so many people who get through it one time and they're like, I'm done. Like, no, you're not. (laughs) You're not even close to done because I'm going to point out 16 errors they have right here or where you can just move four or five things and it'll make it 50% better. And I would argue that it's easier for some people naturally than it is for others. Some people, it just clicks. And I think you're one of those people where you just, you understand, you have a feeling for it. I think I have a little bit of that natural ability as well, but I think it can be taught. It might just be a longer journey for some than others. My guess is I developed that sort of sixth sense or whatever you want to call it. Because I've just consumed so much content. I watch thousands of movies and TV shows. I study up on them. I watch the director's commentary. I'm looking at the background. I'm not always just looking at the foreground. I'm just like film and TV has always fascinated me. But it's like, I think that's just because that's how my brain works. And um, that's someone said it perfectly where dreams and film are very similar where in what way like in a dream you'll end up in a new place and there's no transition you're just there like you would in a movie um it's it's sort of movies are very dreamlike and it's one of those things where i've always sort of like i could always tap into a dream or i could remember a dream and they always made sense to me but in the sense that i would always see a dream like a movie and vice versa. And so it's like, I, I think whether we know it or not subconsciously, that is how we consume media. It's that is how we are able to take it in as fantasy. Sometimes not <laughs> think that it, you know, it feels real. And, but like you watch a movie or you watch anything where it's not happening in real time. If, in fact, the stuff that happens in real time feels sometimes more fake because you can start to see how things are moving in the background and those sorts of things. But like, it's, it's strange that we can watch a reverse of two characters talking and it's natural to us. And we like understand mm. that. But to me, that was always very natural. And there, one of the craziest things I remember, which was, it's not really crazy, but I thought it was, it made me feel cool. I was writing a short film that we were going to do. in I think my high school class and I described a shot that I wanted to do where we were going to push in on a door, but then we would have a pull out from the other side of the door to, tell the audience that we're going into this door. And that's how I wrote it out. I had not seen the movie Scarface yet. Scarface does that exact mm-hmm. thing. Brian De Palma had. And so it was like, I came up with that idea independently. I had never seen Scarface at that point. I don't you think I've ever seen him reverse sue him. He did it before I was born. Oh, <laughs> regardless though, I was just like, that's really fucking cool. That's awesome. Like, I'm glad that obviously everyone comes up and that may have been done in another movie, but I can't remember which one obviously, but I remember, watching Scarface months or years later and being like, holy crap, I remember 
shooting something that looked just like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, way crappier and shot on our friend's handy cam, but mm. uh, it was like that was a cool moment. Where do you like, think Brian De Palma saw that footage? No, because Scarface I wanted to came sue out you? in 1984. No, Brian De Palma doesn't give a shit about me. Oh, he's making snake eyes or I'm whatever. Sorry at the about time. that. No, it's fine. I was just saying that's like I always thought I had good ideas as a kid, and not that they were original or you know, anything like that. But I would come to these conclusions very early on. I remember thinking you had the gift. I don't Well, I remember like playing with Legos and I love star Wars. Like they need to make Lego star Wars. How cool would that be? But I'm a 12 year old kid. What the fuck? I mean, I'm sure there were millions of other kids begging for that. And of course, Lego finally comes out with it. And it's sort of like that thing where you felt like you willed it into existence. You're like, good. They did it. But so your mom taught you how to edit, but she didn't get you an agent. Why would my mom get me an agent? You could have sold your Lego movie idea. Oh, no. I that There are much more talented people than I. Oh. I if anything, here's, here's my thing. I still have a ways to go, obviously, in what I'm doing. But I'm glad I'm at least thinking like the people who I respect hmm. and whose content I enjoy watching. Where I'm like, okay, at least, at least I'm halfway there. I'm, I'm on the right path, but now in my future career i just need to execute like these people and that's honestly going back to the whole crux of this thing of talking about intuition all those things is life is imitation art is imitation that's how it's always going to be and there's nothing wrong in borrowing or remixing or doing something similar to something that has already been done that's been my argument for the longest time is that the the teachers are all around you and you're watching them every Friday at the movie theater. You're watching every time you put on YouTube. And it's not so much do exactly what they're doing, but look beyond what people are creating and take apart the context and the, the, the real matter of it. What makes these things that we enjoy great? Is Batman a great character because he's a guy dressed up like a bat? Or is there something more there that people resonate with and looking at those things? And there's, countless essays for any subject where people will break things down for you and say the words that you're having a hard time articulating and it can help you get a better understanding of why you like the things that you do. And then from there go, if I want to create something, how do I use that knowledge or at least that understanding to then create something you hope is new? So a lot of your background seems to be life experience getting taught in that way do you have an interest in teaching other people the skill set that you've learned and the knowledge that you've gained on the job and in real life yeah i mean i've uploaded a many or do you um, advise that they go figure it out them their damn selves well no i mean like both really i i i enjoy um one i enjoy teaching and i enjoy learning um i would love to take more classes recently i took a it's not recently, a year ago or two years ago, maybe I took a, just like eight hour crash course on illustrator because I always wanted to learn it. But I, that was a hard program that I was getting my, I couldn't get my head around. And I, I tried need, to teach you. You tried, but I needed, I helped. You did help, but I needed like a baby class mm-hmm. where it was a teacher breaking it down for someone who barely understood English. That was how it was. Interesting. Taught. So you had a natural sensibility for things like editing and Photoshop and design but illustrator did not come naturally for you well no because i never really need illustrator for those who don't know is a vector based uh drawing program more or less but a design program but 
it's it tricks you because it looks and feels a lot like Photoshop, <laughs> but it ain't Photoshop. <laughs> so that's what I was having a hard time wrapping my head around because, and I know you're the opposite where you learned Illustrator first and then you went to Photoshop and you have a hard time. You have you seem to be more comfortable in Illustrator than Photoshop, where I'm the other way around. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, so obviously there. Like I said, there, I've, there's, I've there's told no... you this before, but the reason that I'm more comfortable in Illustrator than Photoshop is because I had a beginning design class at the beginning of my graphic design program that was an intro to digital design, and it was an introduction to Photoshop and Illustrator. When we were going over Photoshop, I did not do the homework. Oh, Illustrator, I happen to do the homework and <laughs> it goes all the way back to those roots. Why I'm more comfortable in that program. Um, but going back to your question, I, I recommend people, I guess at the, at the very least feign some interests, latch onto things that you're, you're actually interested in. And even if you're not interested in it, I think try to change your mentality of having a deep dive mindset. Don't just watch the movie, watch the uh, director's cut. Listen to the director's commentary. Read the IMDb trivia. Read other people's thoughts on it. Read reviews. Read critical analysis. Like, go beyond just the face value. I think that's why things like Wikipedia are fantastic because they become these rabbit holes that you can go down and learn all sorts of new things. And Endless resources. Yeah, and these are things I didn't really have. We had Encarta or we had Encyclopedia, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, but we didn't have this thing at, like, it's literally in the palm of our hands on our yeah. phone. We can learn what we hope is a historically accurate telling of an event or a human person, uh, Neanderthal, whatever it, it's all on there. You can find the a 500 page write up on a specific parrot. And that's <laughs> so cool. I would hope you have that mindset where you don't just look at things at face value and go, well, there it is. Go, but why is it there and why does it interest you and what is the story behind it that I think will tweak your mindset a little bit or at least get a better understanding of my, my mind works or basically if I want to learn how to edit, I'm not just going to learn the program. I'm going to understand why editing is, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but like that, that's, I think that's the mindset you need to get yourself in. And then I think after that, it's, whether you want to go to school for that or you want to teach yourself, I think YouTube is a fantastic teacher for anything you want to do. It's there for you, but that's up to you. That is, that is your journey and it is up to you to make that call. That is an excellent takeaway. Mr. Adam Kovic, husband, thank you for being my very first guest on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. For those that are unfamiliar with who you are and what you do and the content that you make, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find my website at bigbottomgirls.net. Uh, we're growing. We got over 20 subscribers. Um, can't wait for you to find us there. Are you kickstarting something? Are you kickstarting a big bottom? No, if you want to see my stuff, um, I have my own personal YouTube channel. If you want to see any of those uh, Photoshop tutorials, but if you want to see my more day-to-day, -day, uh, you can always catch us on Funhouse where uh, we make silly videos and all sorts of dumb content that I very much enjoy and am very proud of. Funhouse is a YouTube channel. If you search for Funhouse, uh, you can spell it wrong, but you'll probably still find it. But it's uh, it's the German version, H-A-U-S, Funhouse. So YouTube, F-U-N-H-A-U-S. Yes. 
search for it. You can see all of his wonderful content. Not my, and it's not just mine. You can mind say you. you can see all of his wonderful collaborative effort Thank content. You. That's right. As part of the Rooster Teeth Network, I will put all the links to Mr. Adam Kovic so you can connect with him and see his content in the show notes. You'll find all the show notes for this episode. Thanks for being on the podcast. We'll have you on in the future. I'd love to. If sure. you'd love to. Hit go talk to my agent. Um, I've got her on speed dial. It's, it's the cat. It's the cat. It's the cat. Thanks everybody for listening. Until next time. Take care. Hell of an outro. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind. If you'd like to see more of my work, you can visit my website at jesskovic.com. And if you're interested in snagging some of my design products, you can visit my online art boutique at sugarbunchcreative.com. You can find and connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at jess underscore kovic. And finally, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store and then tell a friend. Why not? Until next time, take care and talk soon.